Hey, 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 greetings, everyone. You are tuned into the Trust and Believe Nomad Cast. I'm your host, Mr. Anderson. Thanks for tuning in today on 1 December 2021. We almost there, y'all. We are almost there to the end of December. We're almost there to Christmas. We're almost there to New Year. So keep pushing and moving and leaning forward in everything that you have to do to be successful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, for my opening remarks today, I want to talk about a couple of things. For one, I want to talk about, uh, I don't know if you guys heard, there was a school uh, shooting in Michigan. I believe it was Oxford, Michigan, uh, yesterday. And it was three fatalities and uh, students uh, injured, hurt. You know, it's a sad state of affairs where it's like society. We've It seems like we've become to accept this. Uh, and I don't have all the details, and I'm not trying to be breaking news or this report or anything. But I just thought about it. You talk about it for a couple seconds. The sons, the person that ended up uh, killing and, and injuring the other students, supposedly his father bought the weapon, the weapon in question, purchased it during Black Friday last week. And then this 15 year old used it. So it's, it's just an unfortunate set of circumstances. Um, you know, you want to go to school. And, you know, have fun with the kids. You know, you tease your fellow classmates. You go to school. You have a crush on the classmate. You do all those things that we grew up on that we enjoyed about school. But it's now it's like, you know, you got to watch your back and watch every turn. I know growing up, our high school, I went to McKenzie High School in Detroit. And a lot of high schools, especially during those times, they were rough, rough and tumble. Uh, you had things you had to look out for. But it's like now. You can see everything. You hear the news. You can watch everything. So it it, it it becomes more personable, if you will. And, you know, having kids in school, you know, as a parent, and I can speak for other parents as well, it's a it's a situation, but you got to have that covering over your children, right? So, uh, again, I just wanted to kind of just throw, throw that out there as a parent. I'm deeply, you know, concerned and, you know, man, that's something you don't want to have to go through. It's something you don't want to have to explain. Um, but again, it's just a, it's a sad set of circumstances and I just hope that, you know, everything happens the way it should, you know, in a positive light. All right. So, uh, moving on, uh, today I'm talking about a particular event on way back Wednesday, talking about when I went and had some future soldiers go with me to the soup kitchen in Detroit. And I'm going to tell that story, but I kind of want to segue that in talking about Thanksgiving. And me and my wife was talking about this last week. It was like, you know, all the celebrities and all the A-list folks, all the superstars and whatever, they always seem like to validate their, you know, status, if you will, they quickly to come to the neighborhood or wherever and give out toys to the kids, which is a noble gesture, give out turkeys and everything and, you know, have uh, food for the families, which is a noble gesture. I've done those things. My wife has done those things. And many of you have volunteered your own time and, and resourced uh, your own efforts as it relates to providing for people that's less, less fortunate or people that's in immediate need. No issues with that. My only concern is, and this is something I've thought about for years. It's like, why, you know, when, when we are giving back, why do we always wait? We as a society, why do we always wait to, Thanksgiving to start giving back. Why do we always wait to Christmas to start giving back? Because just say you give the poor and unfortunate 
um, of people that's in need. You have a you rent a truck, you fill the truck full of turkeys. You bring the turkeys and you pass them out. And it's like you, you did something. The turkeys are frozen. If they don't have the immediate means to cook and or eat, where are they going to prepare these turkeys? You know, just, you know, I've come to the point, you know, my analytical thinking is like you put, peel back the onion on this. And it's like, it's a great service. It's a, it's a great nod to society to be able to do those things. Right. But why don't we ever do this in the summertime when people are, are, you know, burning up inside their house, not literally, but because they have no AC or they have no way to cool themselves off. Why you never see the stories of people dropping off uh, HVAC equipment or having the HVAC you know operator come service something? It's just something I've just been thinking about. You know, again, I'm not knocking anybody who's who's doing that. I've been doing that as well, so there's no issues with it. It's just something I always thought about, and then it could be a news thing. Let's put that story out in the news. If someone's running for election, first thing they want to do, hey, he handed out some turkeys or he handed out a dinner or he handed out some toys to some unprivileged, underprivileged children. But what about in the fall? What about in the summer? What about in the spring? You know, it's just something I'm thinking about. And, you know, you can leave in the comments, you know, your thoughts on that. But it's just something I was just thinking about. All right. All right, so moving forward again, today for Way Back Wednesday, I'm going to tell you a story about when I took future. So when I was a recruiter in Detroit, I took a group of future soldiers to a soup kitchen in Detroit and had some uh, had a festive time there, to say the least. So, uh, hey, we, we, we do what we need to do to, to help people do what they need to do. All right. Trust and believe Way Back Wednesday is back. Stay tuned. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Trust and Believe Nomad cast here on a way back Wednesday, 1 December 2021. Hey, if you see the link here, the Trust and Believe Nomad cast.buzzsprout.com. If you access that site, you can get all previous 34 episodes of the Trust and Believe Nomad cast. You can go in the right hand corner. You can access my Instagram page uh, and other pages as well. Download on uh, Apple download on Google podcast download on Spotify and all your favorite podcast platforms on Vimo on daggone uh, Patreon for YouTube subscribe do all the etc right support the channel support the content because I'm going to keep this sucker going till I can't go no more all right y'all so today on way back Wednesday in uh in the spirit of holidayness if that's a word right uh, I'm going to tell a story about my time as a recruiter in Detroit and how I leveraged that, you know, opportunity as a recruiter to assist folks that were in need. So the story goes, this was, this had to be, I want to say 2000, let me see. I left recruiting duty in 2014, 2013. So this had to be 2011, maybe 12. I think it was 2012, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was probably a couple of days before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was on the Thursday. I think we conducted this operation on that Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. And I had to get approval. I had to do so much stuff prior to that. I went down to the Capuchon, uh Soup Kitchen in Detroit 
and uh, talk with the folks there, talk with the leadership, what my plan was to bring, you know, 10 plus future soldiers there to spend um, a couple of days before Thanksgiving with some of the uh, veterans because they had some Vietnam veterans that was there, some Korean War veterans. They kind of, you know, fell on their luck. Homeless folks, there, homeless families. Uh, so it was a very somber event. So I briefed that my plan, my intent to the Capuchin uh, leadership. Uh, I wasn't there trying to get a photo op or anything. Just wanted to help out. It was in my spirit to help out during the season and want to help out in the future soldiers. I asked some certain future soldiers as well, and they was on board. They wanted to help as well. And I thought it, it would be a great bridge to kind of facilitate the art of giving back, facilitate the joy and love of giving back, facilitate the need to give back to people that's less fortunate. Um, so I thought that was, a, I, thought, I thought it was great. So I briefed that to the Capuchin Soup Kitchen uh, leadership in Detroit. They was on board. And then I had to brief it to my company commander uh, and my company first sergeant. So I briefed that to him, you know, gave him the five W's, the five W's to who, what, when, where, and why, what my intent was, how long am I going to be there? Would any future soldiers be potentially put in danger? You know, all those sorts of things. Right. So I had to do a risk assessment. You know, when you're briefing like military leaders, you really have to go from A to Z. You know, what's the plan? Execute the plan. How are you going to do the plan? Rehearse the plan. Schedule. I mean, you got to do so much stuff. Right. And. Uh, and I, I and I provided them, you know, the ultimate goal was to provide a service, if you will, to the locals. And I know my battalion command sergeant major got wind of it and he was all for it because he was all about volunteering and everything. So I guess once I had the green light from him, you know, nothing was nothing was going to stop me. So finally got approval and everything that Friday. So I talked to the future soldiers and I was ready to execute that Tuesday. So I picked up the future soldiers and I think I had probably about 11 of them with me. We drove down to the soup kitchen, probably about nine o'clock on that Tuesday that Tuesday before Thanksgiving of 2012. And uh, we went there, they briefed us, you know, provided us the aprons, provided us the gloves, kind of, you know, gave us the lay of the land. This is, you know, where we do to conduct the, the beverage. This is where the meats are. And, and we was there probably, we got there about nine, 10 o'clock. We was there probably to about four o'clock that day. I mean, we put in some work. We was downloading a uh, food service truck, setting up pallets, uh, stocking the refrigerator, cleaning tables, uh, washing dishes. I mean, we wasn't just there, you know, do the photo op with the turkey and, you know, cheese. You know, we actually put in some work that day. Um, and then when I dropped them all, I still had to go back and recruit. So it is what it is. But uh, we got there. We got the briefing and everything. And they told us they, they may be some some folks that's in there kind of disgruntled. Maybe some folks in there. They don't appreciate you being in uniform. And again, I was around with some Vietnam veterans in there. It was uh, some Korean War veterans. It was some mothers and fathers in there as well. So we we understood the art of respect. We knew, you know, we'll keep our distance, but be sociable as well. You know, we want we didn't want to come off like, well, I'm better than you. My situation is better than yours, because at the end of the day, we are one decision away from a soup kitchen. Trust and believe that. Right. So. Once they briefed me, I briefed the future soldiers on expectations. Don't be here talking loud. If a uh, if a person that's in the soup kitchen 
It's getting loud with you. Bring it up to me in the, uh, the soup kitchen leadership. Uh, don't handle this on your own because at the end of the day, you guys are teenagers or in your early twenties, you don't really have that, you know, you're not, you're not equipped to handle any issues. So leave that to me and also the leadership that was at the soup kitchen. So they understood no issues, right? So when I started, so the lady that was at the soup kitchen, she said, Hey, you know, you want to start assigning some of these, some of your team a task. So I had a guy, he worked the freezer with one of the um, workers. I had uh, one of the female future soldiers. She did the beverages and one was, you know, assisting with the cooking, not so much cooking, but, you know, prepping. If he needed a can of tomatoes, he would open up tomatoes, just providing a, a service. That's, that's what we were there for. Again, it wasn't for a photo op. It was there to provide an immediate service to folks that's in need. So while we're doing that, you know, I'm kind of just monitoring the situation. You know, I'm going around, I'm sweeping up the floors and I'm doing all this. And uh, finally it became uh, time for lunch. We, we was there for lunch and dinner. So it came time for lunch and we, you know, we get, got the trays ready and everything. And they allowed the, the patrons to kind of come in and, you know, it was like 10 to a line. So we served them. Everyone's appreciated and everything. So it wasn't a situation where we looked down on people. I mean, it was like, man, it was just a spirit of giving back and doing the right thing. And, right. And so I noticed um, a lot of the, the Vietnam folks, they start talking to some of the future soldiers. Right. So I said, let me kind of just, I, I don't want to intervene, but let me kind of get over here and try to provide some overhead firepower in the event that they kind of talking, you know, out of turn or whatnot. Right. So this particular group of Vietnam vets, they was like, Hey, you know, you guys are, are doing the right thing. You know, I fought for my country back in 68. I was doing that was just like you. I grew up in Detroit, you know, I, I left Vietnam and came back. I got strung out on crack and cocaine and, I've been homeless. So these guys were really telling their stories. And so we had to kind of tell our stories as well. And uh, I explained to them, you know, I, uh, I grew up in Detroit. All of us grew up in Detroit, all the future soldiers that was there kind of talking about, you know, um, the things that we had to go through in, in life and talk about my life in the military and how it's changed me and this and that. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was a, it was a good situation. So lunchtime, after lunch, everything was done. So we started prepping for dinner and everything. Dinner started coming up. Now we're starting to get more people. We're starting to get more homeless people that's coming off the street. Start, I mean, all walks of life are coming in there, right? So you really had to be humble about this situation. So I remember the future soldiers was bringing plates to this one particular group of vets. It was some Vietnam vets. And I noticed this one guy he was like, just really just staring at me. I mean, just really just looking at me almost like I'm on, I don't, I don't want to say like an admiration, right. But you could just tell sometimes when there's a little bit of tension, there's a little bit of, of angst, you know, you, I could just sense it. So again, trying to be a diplomat and understanding my environment and reading in the room, if you will, I kind of moved away. And I noticed he just kept looking at me. So now, you know, I'm like, okay, this guy's locked in on me visually. Now there's no way I cannot say something. Right. So I walk over there. I got my little broom, you know, I'm sweeping up the other future soldiers in there, a service and the other tables. And, you know, they're doing all their tasks that they need to do. 
So I said, I say, uh, hey, good afternoon, sir. How are you doing? And he just like, don't you dare say good afternoon to me, Sergeant. Don't say good afternoon to me. So I'm like, hold on. You know, I had to, you know, get my bearings together because I'm like, hold on, dude. What the, who are you talking to? Then he was like, you the one that got me, a, you know, had me get a court martial back in 68. It's your fault that I didn't make staff sergeant. You're the reason why I got kicked out the army and I had to come back here and I've been on drugs ever since. My wife left me. My kids hate me. I mean, he just going off. So I'm like, whoa, dude, I'm just here sweeping up the freaking floor. You know, I'm not, you know, I dog. I have no clue about what happened to you in Vietnam. Cause if you say this happened in 1968, dude, I was born in 19 freaking 74. Right. So I kind of got off my, my diplomatic state, if you will. Right. So I wasn't going back and forth with him, but at the end of the day, he wasn't going to freaking disrespect me. And I got all my freaking future soldiers back here looking at me. It's like, Hey, this is the recruiter that's here to protect me. Right. So he, I mean, he was like, you know, you're the one that did it. The captain told you I ain't, I didn't shoot that, uh, Vietnamese. I didn't shoot the Viet, Viet Cong. I mean, he just going off and I'm like, sir, I'm getting ready to move away from you right now. Cause first of all, I wasn't in freaking Vietnam. Like I said, if this happened to you in 68, I was born in freaking 74. So how the freak can I be there? And so the other, it was another uh, leadership person that was part of the leadership team at the soup kitchen. He uh, was a former uh, sergeant, I think, uh, I think in the air force, I don't think he was in the army, but he kind of came in and kind of, you know, moved aside and kind of, you know, extinguished the situation. And it wasn't like, you know, just like I'm getting ready to fight this dude. It was nothing like that. But then I also had to realize too, this guy was already on drugs and he probably was upset about a situation. Then he seen me in there and I could have looked like the guy that he's talking about or whatever. And so afterwards, when all that, after all that kind of just, you know, tempered down and I still had to make ensure that the future soldiers was doing what they supposed to do. So didn't want to cause too much of a scene. But afterwards, you know, I'm in the corner. I'm, I think I was like wiping down the window or doing something. He came over there, him and another guy. He was uh, the guy that was with him was like, you know, I want to apologize for my friend. You know, he just had these outbursts sometime. Hope you can forgive him. I said, there was nothing wrong. I said, there's no issue at all. I said, but I'm just the type of guy. I don't bother people. I came over there to try to be nice to you. Now bringing my future soldiers out here to try to, you know, show some, some love, if you will, you know, helping out. Uh, so I didn't really need that. Cause I was already in the good mood. I was in good spirits. I'm trying to do the right thing. What I thought was to, to do the right thing. Right. So, you know, his friend apologized on his behalf and the guy, you know, he's kind of just looking like this. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So we kept going. Dinner was served. Everything was great. So afterwards, the leadership that was at the soup kitchen, um, they was like, you know, we're going to uh, recommend you guys for some awards and everything. Uh, and they even talked to our battalion uh, commander and battalion command sergeant major, you know, on our behalf and everything. Sent, I think, a letter and everything. So it was good. I, I enjoyed that time. It was great. It was giving back. Uh, and we used to do that a lot when I was recruiting. Um, we would go to various soup kitchens in Detroit and we would go volunteer. I know my wife, she, um, she loaded up our truck one time with a bunch of, uh, meals on wheels and her and my daughter had delivered some of those. So we've, you know, I was talking about it early in opening remarks. People just do things for the winter time. We've been part of a lot of those efforts, helping people taking stuff to the goodwill and, you know, just doing the right thing for people. I even remember when I was a, still a recruiter. 
I used to do things for the future soldiers. You know, future soldiers had issues. You know, we will, I will find a way to mitigate that issue. You know what I mean? So you, sometimes you have to extend the hand, but you can't extend the hand with a closed fist. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, my father used to always tell me, you know, people, people that don't want to help always have short arms and deep pockets. Always remember that. But then after that, another part of the story, the same guy, and I don't forget a face. I may forget your name, doc, but I don't forget a face. So probably I would say probably a month after that, I was on the West side of Detroit. We was, uh, I think I was dropping off a future soldier or something. And I was on, what was it? Greenfield, Greenfield Avenue, Joy Road and Greenfield. And it was a white castle. I don't know if it's still there. So I said, you know what? Let me stop at this white castle. I'm hungry. I just dropped this future soldier off, get ready to go back to the station and start, you know, doing whatever I had to do. Let me jump in right white castle real quick. Boom. I'm go back to the station. So I get my order and everything. So I'm driving down freaking Greenfield, right? And I get to a stop sign, get to a, uh, a light, red light. And there was a gentleman in the middle of the street with a, with a sign, you know, the typical, the cardboard, homeless, whatever. And I was saying to myself, I said, man, this dude really looks familiar. So I kind of looked and I rolled the window down and the light was still red. So I had a little time to chit chat. I said, sir, do I know you? And he was like, no, I don't think you do. I don't think you do. It was the same guy that was at the daggone soup kitchen when we was on the east side. And now he was out in the middle of the street with a sign on the west side. So I had some extra White Castle cheeseburgers, had an extra fish sandwich that I was eating on the way to go back to work to the station. So in my spirit, I say, you know what? This is for you here. Take these, you know, cause they'll do more for you than they will for me. So I gave them to him. This dude opened up the bag. It was like, I told you, I don't like French fries. After that, I wrote the window up and I just freaking drove off. I'm like, this dude is going to have me freaking. <laughs> I tell you, I'm like, I had some problems with this dude when I was at the freaking soup kitchen, trying to feed him trying to make, you know, his day and the rest of everyone else's day festive. I see this cat another a month later when it's cold outside and out the goodness of my heart, I got some daggone white castle giving it to him. Then he mad talking about, I told you I don't like French fries. So that right there, I drove off because one, the light was green. There was people behind me, but I thought about it. I say it's the, the power of drugs that can influence you. The power of, you know, things not going your way in life that can influence you, can influence the way you think, the way you act, the way you approach. And, you know, thinking back, you know, years later, it was like, you know, it's almost you just have to pray for people like that. Because if this guy, like he said, he was in Vietnam, you know, he got demoted from staff sergeant, could get promoted. You know, he got mad at me because he thought I was the one. But, you know, I wasn't even I wasn't even thought of <laughs> during that time. And then, you know, trying to extend the hand, trying to extend the olive branch, he get upset. And then I see this guy another month later trying to extend another olive branch, he get upset. So it's, it's kind of one of them things. It's like, you know, you, it, it is what it is. You know what I mean? So, I again, I just you know, prayed for him while I was driving off and everything. And, again, that was years ago. I don't know where he's at right now. So I hope he got his life together. I hope he got clean. I hope he got sober. I hope he got drug free. I hope he got some mental help. Um, it's kind of one of them things and things happen in life. And the first thing a lot of people do, they want to blame the people around them. Well, a lot of, you know, I always talk about this. Everyone has a chance and a choice. There may be some adverse things that happen to you in life, but how do you respond? 
how do you fix it? What 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 positive elements can you deploy to ensure that, hey, this won't happen to me again? It happened to me once. It won't happen to me again because we all we all fall short of the glory. We all we all struggle. We all scuffle in life. Life is unforgiving sometimes, but you have to find a way to kind of get over that hump. You know, and if he was a service member, you know, you got VA to help you. You can have, you know, trusted confidants can be in your corner. I don't know the guy's situation. I'm only going by what he told me, but the kind of the way he kind of lashed out, you know, in some instances, I don't think it was him. It was more of the drugs. It was more of the, the things that he couldn't do in life. And probably when he saw me, he probably saw himself back in 1968. You know what I mean? Cause that could have resonated a negative, um, uh, thought as well so again man it's one of them things in life you got to be thankful because all of us man are one decision away one bad decision away from being up in the soup kitchen from being strung out on drugs for being uh falling to alcoholism we're all one bad decision away so we got to continue to be smart and uplift the folks that's going through a lot of this um yeah it's an unfortunate set, set of circumstances but i i want to tell that story Pretty much because it was it's during the holiday season. I thought it was it was you know appropriate. All right, so that was my way back Wednesday story. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Appreciate looking at the comments. Uh, continue to download, continue to subscribe, continue to like, follow, and all the etceteras. Right, this way back Wednesday today, one December two thousand twenty one. Tomorrow, sneaker stories on a Thursday. On a Thursday. On a Thursday. Right, I'll be talking about. Uh, some Nike Prestos that I bought back in 2002 uh, was it 2001 in Germany. And I had an issue with my foot and I had an issue with a S three Sergeant major and an issue with the first Sergeant at the time. So I'm gonna tell that story tomorrow uh, on sneaker stories on the Thursday. But again, today was way back Wednesday. Hope you guys enjoyed the, uh, the story today. It was kind of, you know, talking about the holidays and giving back. And sometimes you met with aggression. Sometimes you met with a negative force, but how do you overcome it? How do you positively restrain yourself? Cause some, it, that could, that event could have been ugly. So I had to understand that, Hey, let me go ahead and step back and understand his situation. When we talk about reading the room, you know, I had to read the room. Cause if I'd have went in there and start wilding out on this guy, you know, they looking at me like, dang, dude, he's supposed to be the, the pyramid, the, the, the pyramid, the pillar of success and, and the voice of reason. And, you know, the hallmark of the community and doing all these things and the fabric of, you know, of greatness. And you in here getting into it with the, with, with a guy. So it wasn't nothing, you know, physical, you know, the voices kind of got erased a little bit, but, uh, I don't think I was, I was disrespectful in that. I think I handled my own. Uh, cause again, it could have been worse, but at the end of the day, I had to understand where he was coming from, but then I made him understand where I was coming from. Right. Trust and believe on that. So again, tomorrow, today was way back Wednesday, tomorrow, sneaker stories on the Thursday, stay tuned, stay locked, have a great day. Be safe. Take care of your left. Take care of your right. Take care of your front. Take care of your back. Do the right thing. You will always be successful. Trust and believe.